Welcome, friends, to the Girl Mom Podcast. This is Carrie Kimpakis, your host. Today's show is a topic that my mother would be so happy to hear me cover because it is one subject that really mattered to her, and that is social graces and etiquette. Maybe it's because I was raised in the South where good manners are valued and children are taught at a young age to say yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. But personally, I've always been so impressed by a child or teenager who shows good manners. Here in my community of Mountain Brook, I meet so many boys and girls who have excellent manners and make me feel good just by the way that they say hello, ask about my family, and practice good conversation skills. And I know that these skills don't magically happen. It takes time, patience, and a lot of lessons for our children to learn these skills that help them build better relationships and could also make the difference in whether they get the job of their dreams or the promotion they want. In fact, I'll never forget how my roommate in college had a big job interview our senior year that consisted of three hour-long interviews and then a formal dinner with company executives. It sounds silly, but the truth is, these are often the make-or-break moments that can make a candidate stand out. It could be something small, like being the only candidate who knows how to butter their bread, or sending a thank-you note afterward that tells the boss who to hire. Today on the show, Birmingham etiquette expert Amy Rayner is here to share some tips and advice that can help your child stand out in a good way. My girls have all taken classes from Amy, and she has a wonderful way of talking through subjects like character, first impressions, personal presentation, table manners, conversation skills, gratitude, using a social filter, and how to be a gentleman. With more than 25 years of teaching etiquette and 20 years of teaching in the classroom, Amy is a wealth of insight. She's also a beautiful Southern woman, inside and out. I've linked to her Instagram and website in the show notes and also included links to free printables that Amy has shared for the Girl Mom Podcast listeners. If you enjoy our conversation, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen and share this episode with friends. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Welcome, Amy, to the Girl Mom Podcast. I am so excited to have you here. Oh, and, and I'm so excited to be here. I know. We just chatted for about 30 minutes. And <laughs> right I'm like, we better we got started. <laughs> I know. I know. I just, I love this topic. And I was telling Harry last night that I was really excited about this conversation because it's so different than what I've done before. Yet, it's so important. And I do feel like just basic manners and etiquette have really gotten lost in our society today. So I appreciate you doing this and I appreciate all the work that you do um, in our community and beyond teaching etiquette and social graces. Thank you. I absolutely love it. And I agree. I think um, I was a classroom teacher for 20 years and every year when I would teach, I would be able to do some little manners lessons like this with my children um, that were in my classroom. But I've thoroughly enjoyed being able to turn those tiny lessons that I did when I was a classroom teacher into my little business now. So yeah, it's so good. And it's, and it's funny. And especially as I travel, it's like every, it's like every community has their Amy, you know? Yes. And, and you need that person. And, and I do feel like, like I said, my mom, this was always important to her. She was raised in Texas. And so we yeah. always grew up just kind of with some of the basic manners. I and mean, we probably could have learned even more because you never know everything. But you know, just had that basic foundation. And um, I do feel like it gets lost a lot in this day and age. Absolutely. It does. So let's start with just some basic, some basic skills, you know, and I know moms, I know a lot of the moms listening, they might have older kids and think I missed the boat, you know, or it's too late for me, or I wish I'd done this when they were younger. And I will say that, you know, now that I've been parenting for 20 years, you do realize how important it is because I have two girls in college and just this fall, they each have taken trips to some hometowns with their friends and their sorority sisters. And every time before they go, I'm just giving them those reminders, you know, make sure and be a good guest, write a thank you note, you know, bring a gift, um, 
just, you know, make your bed, just some basic things. We don't right. know if they, if they follow those manners or not. Exactly. But, you know, you do wish, like, oh, I wish I'd done even more when they were younger. So let's just try to think about, let's talk about what are some things that we can teach our children, whether they are three years old or 13 years old. Absolutely. And, and that's the point. You just nailed it with that. Um, the basic manners that I teach are the same, whether it's for a three-year-old. And in my case, I start with five-year-olds. Okay. Um, or... If I'm speaking to a group of sorority girls down the street at Sanford. So my delivery is a little different. But if parents, like you just said, are feeling like, oh, no, I hope I didn't miss the boat. Mm -hmm. You didn't miss the boat. Because um, all of these things, and I think what we're doing, what we want to do is help students be able to walk into any environment and feel comfortable and feel confident. Yes. And so it's not really a, um, a list of do's and don'ts, which I think a lot of people think that when I say that I teach etiquette classes, I think they think, oh, mm. these are, you know, she's going to tell us the don't, 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 and come in with a white glove. And whenever I teach my younger students, so I teach um, here in Birmingham, I teach five-year-olds through eighth grade. And But then I also have taught some college students, or sometimes people have me for a private lesson if they're going somewhere fancy and they want to be a little more confident at the table. But um, when I teach um, probably five-year-olds through fourth grade, I start by showing a picture. And I think you and I have already talked about this, how we grew up in the 80s. So if you're anything like me, we watched Little House on the Prairie growing up. <laughs> right. And that was, I mean, I lived for that show. I loved that show. But there was a character... Um, for those of you who are listening who may not know who Nellie Olson is, there was this character in the show, Nellie Olson, and she always looked perfect. And she always um, said, yes, ma'am, and no, sir, and appeared on the outside to have these fabulous manners. And she um, would always bring the prettiest present to the party that was wrapped with the nicest satin ribbon. <laughs> and so on the outside, Nellie Olson looked like she had manners in the bag. And I show a picture of Nellie Olson and I talk about her. And then I tell the children, I flip it over to another picture that I've just found on the internet of Nellie <laughs> and the way that she acted when other people weren't watching. Right. And Nellie was actually the meanest spirited one on the whole show. And and so we talk about you can look perfectly polished on the outside and you can know which fork to use when you sit down at the dinner table. But if you don't have those inside character qualities of kindness and humility and compassion, then really none of that means anything. So I like to That's start so good. every so good. lesson or every speaking engagement that I do with that thought that um, the way I approach manners or teaching manners might be different than somebody else because I really try... My entire business is based on Colossians 3.12. And I really try to weave those character qualities that are found in Colossians 3.12 into every lesson mm -hmm. in sort of a sneaky way. Right. Um, so the, that is the most important part of all of this to me. So, And I like to come alongside, just like you do, I like to come alongside parents in their journey of raising their children and hope that I can just give a couple extra nuggets that will help them as they're parenting their child. So really my point in saying all of that is to say that in whether it's a five-year-old or a college girl down the street that I speak to, all of these things are the same. My delivery is a little different. My examples are probably different, but the way that you set a table is the same for a five-year-old 
as it is for somebody in college. So with that being said, one of the things that I talk about um, in every class that I teach, I talk about first impressions and introductions. And so I actually use a story of the very first child that I met. I'm from Georgia. I grew up in Georgia. And I went to Auburn, went back to Atlanta and taught for five years. And then I moved here to Crestline. And I um, got my first teaching job, teaching second grade at Crestline. And I met a little boy. And this was in the year 2000. I met a little boy at Crestline. He was the first child I met there. And he made such a positive first impression on me that I tell the story of meeting Alan in every class that I teach. And I tell the story. And then I have the children pick out the five things that he did well just from my storytelling, and they're able to nail it. Mm-hmm. He had fabulous eye contact. He used a big, strong voice, we call it, with the little children, a loud and proud voice. He extended his hand and gave me the firmest handshake. He had great posture, and he was friendly, and I knew that because he had a big smile on his face. Mm-hmm. So just that lesson, I'm able to bring in body language. I'm able to bring in handshake etiquette, and um, and then I bring in introductions with that. So... Um, one of the things that I think is a great thing for tweens to begin working on is because a lot of times they are without their parent when they're making introductions and they're getting a little more freedom to be in different environments where their parents aren't right there. And I think sometimes as parents, we can kind of take over for our child and we can make things easier by smoothing the way and being the one to say, you know, this is my daughter, Maggie. Maggie, this is Miss Campakis. And sort of um, do that for them. Well, when these tweens are out on their own, they're making their own introductions. So in that class, I like to say to tweens and teens and even to college students, when you're making an introduction, you are the person who knows both parties. So if you will envision yourself being the bridge builder. So a bridge connects one thing to another. And so if you're the bridge builder, you would like to connect one party to the other party by giving them a piece of information or something that they can grab onto, and then they could be able to have a conversation on their own if you stepped back. And so that's something we divide up into groups and we practice that. But that's a, um, a good way to help students that age begin to say more than just, Maggie, this is Amy. Amy, I want you to meet my friend Maggie. Right. Silence. Stop the, they have stop nothing the else to say. But if you said, Maggie, I want you to meet Amy. Amy just moved here from North Carolina. Amy, this is my friend Maggie, and we're on the same cheerleading squad. That gives Amy an opportunity to ask Maggie about cheerleading. Oh, really? How long have you cheered? Or, oh, Amy, you just moved here from North Carolina. What part? My grandparents live in North Carolina. And it opens up an easy way for conversations to begin. I love that. And I think that's so important, not only from that aspect, but also, like, it is the best feeling to connect people like that. Oh, I love that. I love it. And I love it when two friends that I know from different worlds, when I introduce them, and then they have this great conversation and make all these connections, and then they become friends, too. Like, I think that's one of the best gifts we can give somebody. Absolutely. And one of the things that I really love doing is creating... a safe environment for these children to practice these skills. Yes. So uh, Carrie, your daughter, uh, Camille, just took one of the classes that I teach. It's called Dinner and Dancing. And um, 
we tried this with the eighth graders. So the eighth graders came to us for three weeks and we taught. I partnered with some fabulous dancing instructors that make dancing really fun for kids. And we um, had some etiquette portions woven in there as well. And so on the final night, the parents all came and we practiced this introduction strategy. So the eighth graders were able to take their dance partner to the parents and it was a safe environment for these kids to practice this. Um, I think a lot of times parents, um, and I know that I did, I might think, well, once I tell my child that this is the appropriate way to do this, they should have it down pat. And we don't give our children um, or teens enough safe experiences to practice things like that so yes. do you remember when Camille came up to you that evening yeah okay so what yes. what did she use a connector or what were some of the connectors that were used yes I do remember that her I think they danced with three different boys is yes. that right yes and I remember there was one that she made the connection with Alabama football he's an Alabama fan and she knew that obviously Harry and I are too so that led to a conversation. Let me tell you, <laughs> listeners, if you ever have to think of a good connection and you live in the South, any kind of football, but especially Alabama football, that's yeah. a great connection. Yes, yes. That will automatically lead to a long conversation. But that's so that's one of the things that I like to do in my classes or whenever I'm I'm giving advice to parents on any topic is to give your children an opportunity to practice it with you before it's expected. Um, yes out and about. That's so true. And and I can just think of when I was growing up and and these are things that when you've heard them growing up or your parents like a lot of times you're paying you're half paying attention. Right. And I just share that as encouragement to moms. Like don't give up if they if it's awkward for your child or they hate it or they're not listening. Like you're really like everything else in parenting, you're planting seeds. And a lot of times they don't know why you're doing it. They don't care why you're doing it. But then one day they're going to be in a situation and they're like, oh, what did my mom tell me to do? I'm trying to remember. And when I remember it came when I would when I was working at Alabama Power. I got this great job out of college. And so I was in a, t- a lot of formal situations and nice dinners. And yes. you're having to remember, okay, what, what did my mom tell me about yes. forks and where to put my napkin and what do I do in this situation? And luckily, you know, the etiquette was important enough to the company that they offered that. That was one of the classes that they would offer to employees. And I remember going to one um, just to learn that refresher, hear all those things. And and I'll never forget even hearing, I, I was always good about thank you notes growing up. Like if you gave me a gift, I would give you a thank you note probably by the next day. But I loved when they told us that, you know, if somebody does something for you and spends more than 15 minutes doing it, then you should write them a thank you note. I and, love that. Yeah. And I think that really just, you know, developing that heart of gratitude and being appreciative of somebody's time, if that's yes. what they're giving you. So speaking of gratitude, we have the holidays coming up. So I wanted to touch on gratitude. Uh, I, even in my five-year-old class, I have a whole lesson devoted to gratitude. And a lot of the concepts, again, are the same as things that I would teach in a high school class. But for little ones, I know that sometimes we're in the car and we're heading to somebody's home for a gift exchange. And I think that a lot of times parents of 
children or even tweens or maybe teens might cringe thinking, oh, I hope my child is a gracious a gracious recipient of what yes. they receive. <laughs> yes. uh, when the little ones are at my house, I do this and it's a lesson and I call it stretching our thank you. And so I have a rubber band and I turn sideways and I put the rubber band on the side of my cheek that they can't see. And I stretch that rubber band. It's a bright green rubber band as it comes out of my mouth. And I talk about stretching our thank yous. And a lot of times when a child receives a gift, the parent might prompt, what do you say? Right. And the child says, thank you. And I tell the children how that's really not very meaningful, but we act it out. In my classes, I like to act everything out, and I like to act it out in two ways. The first we do is a thumbs-down way so that children can see what it looks like when they do X, Y, or Z, whatever Mm -hmm. behavior we're talking about. And then the next time, then I want to teach the lesson, and we act it out in a thumbs-up way. So the thumbs-down way is a mom saying, what do we say, and the child prompting. Because the truth is, Everybody knows what we say. So you really don't need to be prompted. If you're old enough, and I tell the children this, if you're old enough to open and receive a present, then you're old enough to remember what we say. Um, So when we stretch our thank you, instead of just saying thank you, the next time we stretch, we practice saying thank you for the whatever was in the box. Let's say that you give me a Yeti cup. Thanks for the Yeti cup. The next thing we would do is stretch it and add the person's name. Thank you for the Yeti cup, Carrie. And I say, if you're really a go-getter and want to add something else, we might say one little comment about the Yeti cup. Thank you for the Yeti cup, Carrie. I just lost my other one last month. I'm so glad to have this. Mm -hmm. So those are ways, and depending on the child's age, I think that's a great thing for teens and tweens to shoot for when you're opening a present and you have to think on your feet sometimes but thank you for whatever it is followed by the person's name and then if you're on your toes you can add one more little thing I love the I love the color or I love how fuzzy this is or oh I've been wanting some Ugg slippers so however they can do that I think that that makes a more meaningful Thank you. Now, to touch on thank you notes, also, we were talking about thank you notes, and I think a lot of times um, kids might roll their eyes when their mom says, okay, I need you to write five thank you notes today. I remember my mother would say, before you go outside, you need to have three more thank you notes written. (laughs) Um, And I even self-imposed that uh, when I got married. I remember thinking, (laughs) I will go play golf after I get 15 more thank you notes written, and I would give myself... um, a treat at the end if I wrote these. I have a thank you note guide, and it's built into the um, the download that I want to offer your listeners for okay. the bundle for high school and college age. Yes. Um, but I also give that same thank you note guide for five-year-olds, and I call it a thank you note guide for drawers. So even when children can't write, oh, they can draw that. a picture, yes. and they can have the adult they can dictate to an adult one sentence of gratitude. But on my thank you note guide, I talk about um, different things that make thank you notes stand out. And I have an entire drawer, and I know it's because etiquette is just 
something that scratches my itch. I, I'm the etiquette teacher, so of course I have a drawer of thank you notes. But you know, I, I I think most people do. You know, I think I have a I, I save thank you notes too, especially the really sweet ones. The, the well ones, written, the re- well written, and in that etiquette class, they said, and I, I've never forgotten this. They're like, when you go to get the mail. You always open the handwritten notes first. Absolutely. Like you're going yes. to open that before you'll open a bill. And that's how much people appreciate it. And and I, I agree. And I, I know I think most people have that little special it might be a treasure chest and it might be a ticket to something or a special thank you note. But I agree. I think most people do that. I have an acrylic box and in that I have the special heartfelt notes that I've received. Mm-hmm. So on the thank you note guide, I talk about Um, things to think about when you're writing a note. A lot of times, if we're not careful, our thank you notes will sound like, Dear Mr. and Mrs. Rayner, thank you so much for the overnight bag that you gave me for graduation. I'm sure it will come in handy. Thank you again for thinking about me during this special time in my life. Mm -hmm. Love, Jamie. And so I talk about... um, one one thing that could make your thank you notes stand out is to actually think about the gift giver yes. and think about the relationship with you have that you have with them and be grateful for the relationship before you're grateful for the gift and um That's so good. you can like think that. about dear mr and mrs rayner it's been it's so fun to have neighbors like y'all or whatever you want to say right. um, but complimenting the gift giver not so much the gift yes um and, you know, it, you brought to mind that, you know, with graduation, that I've told my girls, I'm like, writing thank you notes for graduation, like, this is your practice for weddings. because Exactly. Uh, you know, that's the first time they have a lot of things they have to write thank you notes for. But some of my favorite thank you notes that I received from their friends, like, this just, you know, because it was fresh in my mind from last May, but several of Sophie's friends in their thank you note would say, I have loved getting to know Sophie. I'm going to miss yes. her so much when she's at Alabama, and I'm at Auburn, or I'm at Clemson. And as a mom, I think that is, that just touched me. Like, oh, you know, like I saved those thank you notes yes. because it meant so much. Just even if they're not, you're not complimenting the person themselves. If you don't know them that well, maybe it is somebody's mom. Then compliment their child. Talk about your relationship with their child and yes. how much you love that and appreciate that. Absolutely, because the relationship component in anything mm-hmm. is the most important. And really, and when I teach these classes, I say, you know, this isn't about getting everything right. This is about relationships and helping other people feel comfortable. And what can I do to make things easier for other people? Or what can I do to make people feel comfortable? And that's really, in my opinion, that is the foundation of everything etiquette or everything good manners Mm -hmm. is how do I treat other people? And um, so relationships are super important. Even with little children, when they come to this class where we stretch our thank you with the green rubber band, I, and this ends up being everybody's favorite class because they each get to take home a present from my house. But I wrap up presents, put them in gift bags with the tissue out, and each has their name on it on a little card that I've written them. And so they get, we have a pretend birthday party and they come up and sit in the hot seat and it's their chance to open it and practice stretching their thank you with me. And I always talk about whenever you're opening a gift, whether it is here at my house practicing with our pretend birthday party <laughs> or whether it's a dinner with your family and it's your birthday or whether it's 
a bridal shower or a baby shower, always open and read the card first because the card is where the sentiment is. The card signifies the relationship between the giver and the receiver. And that's where the heart is. And so we always want to read that first before we open the present. So I practice that with five-year-olds, but that's something that I do think is is really important. Yeah. And I mean, I always think about like, I'm I'm thinking back to wedding showers or baby showers when people would do that. And you're sitting there watching the, the guest in that seat. And it's, it, it adds a different warmth to the room too, when Mm -hmm. you see her reading a card, even if it's not from you, if it's from somebody else and she starts kind of crying. Yes. I can see that right now. It changes the Mm -hmm. whole vibe of the party. And I feel like those are the moments when you feel God is in the room and it's the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And so I just think that that is such a good way to just see it as more than the gift and just those moments of the card. It might not seem like a big deal, but that can. Yes. I love that. Mm -hmm. Something else I wanted to ask you about, and it's really, I guess I've I've realized it more as I do travel and I go to different communities and cities that, you know, I know that, you know, where where you grow up and where you live, obviously there's a culture everywhere. And it's kind of like, this is the thing here. Like we have grown up saying yes, ma'am. And Yes, sir. And, you know, boys, not maybe not all of them, but a lot of them have been taught to open the car door for, for women and to to extend a firm handshake, all these things. But I talked to a mom recently in another city, and she was telling me how so many boys these days, I know you do etiquette for boys and yes. how to be a gentleman, and I love that. I know you do a class for the boys. I think you go to Daniel George. It's yes. the, final, the final event. They do a nice dinner, sit-down dinner, which is so impressive. But, you know, a lot of boys today are very confused because – a lot of them have been raised with all this etiquette and taught these manners since they were five years old. Right. You know, because their moms felt like it was important. Um, and a lot of people like that. But then, you know, this one mom was telling me her son, the girlfriend and her parents were very like anti all of this. It's, mm-hmm. You know, I just, I don't understand it. But she and the, parent, the parents would get mad if he opened the door for her and basically were like, he doesn't need to come to the door to pick you up. He should just text you, which I don't understand that because wow, I, no. I tell my daughter's the exact opposite. Right, like, right. He better not come exactly. here and text you. Like if a boy does not come to the door, you don't need to be going out with him. But it just goes to show that you're probably going to attract what you like, you know, and I guess, you know, but to me, I think it all boils down to respect. And it's not mm-hmm. about when a, when a boy is at being a gentleman and doing this for a girl, it's not that girls are helpless and babies and can't do it exactly. themselves. It's just respect. And there's something in me that I've always loved when Harry does that or when I dated a guy who did that. Right. And it's not that you're not capable. And, you know, one thing that I think about even a few years ago, we were at Starbucks after church one day and the kids were young and they were kind of, you know, going wild. And I was up there at the counter and I was, you know, digging through my purse. I was about to pay. I was perfectly capable of paying for the coffee and hot chocolate we just ordered. Right. Um, but I was, I was getting it out of my purse and I see this hand go over my shoulder with a $20 bill and it's Harry just kind of coming up behind me to, mm-hmm. to pay. There was something in me. I'm like, I just liked that, you know, like I just felt like he just, he loves me. He takes care of me. I was perfectly capable of paying for that. I was on my way to doing it, but he just took care of the situation. And so I just think it's those little things that can be so important in a relationship. And, you know, and there have been times when he didn't have money and I'm paying for it. So it's not like it's just a boy-girl thing, but it's just that etiquette. So I do want you to talk to those moms who their sons have been raised to do this. They know all the etiquette. 
but then they get to be a teenager and some girls, because this is probably more common than we think, especially in other regions of the country that might not, you know, appreciate manners or like it, or might not, might think it sounds funny because they've never seen it really modeled. Um, you know, what they say, you know, how, how do you talk to your son when they get those conflicting messages from what their parents have taught them and maybe what the world is telling them in certain situations? That's a great scenario. And that's a great question. Um, you know, I think a lot of the rules of etiquette, the rules of etiquette that I share with students now are probably, have probably evolved from the ones that my grandmother might have learned when she took an etiquette class. And I think that the rules of etiquette might change or they might even be regional. And sometimes I think we need to change with the times or the region. Um, the The things that you were talking about, I really think that isn't so much, I think that shows a person's character. And if they have a kind heart and a helpful heart. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk about the region for a second. I have traveled to different places to teach my etiquette workshops. And several years ago, I went up to Manhattan to teach um, a little group of girls and a little group of boys, several groups actually. And before I went, I had somebody helping me proofread my cards that lived in New York. And she said, you know, Amy, I'd take part of this out. And I said, really? And she said, I would take the part out about teaching children to say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, yes, sir, and no, sir. I said, oh. And she said, I don't think. And so she said, let me show that to a couple of these other moms before you go up here. And they all, with a resounding, take it out. They did not want to train their children um, to go into environments where that was looked at as Southern. Mm. And that that's very regional. Mm -hmm. And and it, it actually made me start to think about that. And when I came back to Birmingham, not very many people, but I kind of started polling my friends that had younger children and I, there is there is a handful of people who would prefer that I not teach their children to say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. So I, I actually took that portion out and thought, well, that's something that parents can teach in the home mm-hmm. if they would like their children to say that. That was a respectful way that I was brought up speaking to adults. Right. Um, so in... Teaching the boys, and I have to say, I mean, I love every class. And when I finish a class, um, I teach out of my home. And so for the most part, when I finish a class, my husband will come home from the golf course or he'll come up from the basement where he's been sequestered (laughs) to to play pool or watch TV. And he'll come up and I'll say, oh, I think fourth grade boys is just my favorite group I ever taught. Mm, And then the next week they come back and I'll say, oh, third grade girls are my favorite. (laughs) But I really, really, really do think that there's something special about teaching these boys. Um, I love taking, and I teach, my, my classes are structured so that I teach the little ones, kindergarten and first, all together, boys and girls at the same time. And then I begin to separate out, and I teach a series of boys' classes called The Perfect Gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, those classes, when I started, those classes were called The Southern Gentleman. And then, again, as I started to branch out to audiences in different states, I thought, well, somebody in Arizona 
probably doesn't want to take a class called the Southern Gentleman. <laughs> right. So uh, I called it the Perfect Gentleman. And then I, so I begin with the boys in second grade and then second and third grade. And then they can take part two of the class in fourth, fifth, or sixth grade. And then I also do the class you were referring to called Dining Out, mm-hmm. where I take them out to dinner. We talk about everything from dressing like a gentleman and what's appropriate in different situations to the things that you were mentioning, um, opening the door and meeting somebody's parents, going in to meet um, your date's parents. This mm-hmm. is for older children, students. Um, handshakes. So one of the things that I teach in that class is the difference between a nice, strong, web-to-web, eye-to-eye, firm handshake, and a handshake that you might give a lady in a social situation. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that when you're saying you can, there's a little bit of pushback that these students might be experiencing, mm-hmm. this is one of those things. Um because some women don't want you to give them the ladylike handshake. So the way that I teach that is in social situations, a gentleman is always going to extend his hand to another gentleman. And, I, you know, we, we never shake a hand when we're sitting down. We always stand up to shake a hand. So if you're at a meal mm-hmm. and you stop by someone's table to visit, the gentleman at the table will always stand up and... Man to man, you'll extend that hand and do a nice, firm handshake with web to web, eye to eye, and we practice those handshakes. But if there's a lady who stands up in a social situation, you would not shake her hand with the firmness that you shook the man's hand. You would extend and it would be a little softer if she extends her hand to you first. Got it. So okay. that is, so as a lady, you have the choice Do I want to just look at this gentleman and smile and say, hey, it's so good to see you again? Or if you're a handshaker, then you (laughs) extend your hand and the gentleman would take it in a softer way. So that is kind of the old school way. But what I teach with so many women in the workforce, Mm -hmm. I teach to these boys that's kind of the old-fashioned way. Mm -hmm. I think that's also an old Southern way Mm -hmm. of greeting a lady. And so I teach these teens, when you're going to pick up a girl and you meet the parents, you definitely web to web and eye to eye that daddy. Yes. But wait and see if the mom extends her hand and if she does, give her a little bit more of a gentle handshake. However, when you are... Because that's confusing to boys. Yes. Then in a work environment (laughs) at Regents Bank, his first year out of college, is he going to give a lady the ladylike handshake? Absolutely not. She'd be offended. Right. So so I understand that there is, the boys get conflicting messages. Right. But what I would tell my son is, you know what, your dad and I, encouraged you as you were growing up to always go to the door when you pick somebody up. And I would continue to do that because I think that shows respect. The Another uh, angle to look at that, though, is my husband, Jay, with Jamie, who's now 24, always would say, I think it's a 
respectful way to pick up a girl for, for a date. But Jay also always told Jamie, you know, this is just a respectful thing to do for anybody. Right. It's, you know, a lot of these things that right. we teach boys to do yes. for girls, yes. open somebody's door. When Jay Rayner and I go anywhere, he looks over his shoulder before he walks into a door to see if there's anyone else who might need the door held for them. Right. If, and if there's another gentleman six paces behind us, he's going to hold the door for right. that person also. Yes. So I think that that just shows that somebody's inside character. Yes. Um, okay. And I just did that yesterday at church. There was, mm-hmm. I was walking in the door and there was a man, you know, come, he wasn't right there, but he was close enough yes. that I just stood and held the door open for him. And I think that is a great way to frame that conversation is that mm-hmm. etiquette is really about respect, you know, regardless of where you live or how you've been raised, like we're all called to respect each other and show respect. And yes. these are just some of the little gestures but I do think, you know, some people might naturally do it. But in a lot of ways, guys, kids do have to be guided in this. We can't assume yes. that they're going to know these little things to do for somebody, like to go to the door. Right. Um, and I do have a friend. I mean, her dad is a pastor, which makes this more even funnier. And he is just like the holiest, most amazing man. But I remember her telling me one time that when her dad picked her mom up for their first date, he honked. <laughs> so I'm like, I cannot imagine your dad doing that. But, you know, that was just him in his younger years. So obviously oh, that he has grown funny. and he had a character arc there. So, I mean, like, we don't need to give up on anybody. But, right. Know, because we're all figuring this out, especially when we're young and, you know, learning. So I just thought that was funny. Well, and I certainly with the, to your question of what would you encourage moms to tell their boys, I certainly you don't want to offend anybody. And if somebody really sends you the message of this, this is not, I'm, this is not what I want. Yes. If some, so if somebody sends you the message of this is not really what I want, I would tell my son, well, read the room. If this is not well received, you're not going to keep doing it just because that's how you were raised. Yes. So I would, I would, say to my son, read the room, use your common sense. But these are ways that a lot of times these are just ways that people respond. Yeah. And I can say doing the work that I do for girls and having lived 50 years and you've just seen a lot that Mm -hmm. I do think that, you know, if there is a certain mindset sometimes among girls today, like I am repulsed that he held the door open for me or that he did this or that he wants to pay for my meal. And I'm and I'm just thinking in my head, girl, okay, you go date somebody who doesn't do that. I promise for two it's weeks going to be attractive or to you. a month. Yes. I promise you that sometimes you don't appreciate. And I think it's important for these boys to know that, that mm-hmm. our girl, you know, and, and if a girl doesn't like that, that probably just shows you you're not compatible and that's okay. You yes. know, that, but you've shown her what respect looks like. And hopefully she'll take that into her future relationships. But, you know, I don't know anybody who, I don't none of my friends really got married without some boyfriend in the past. That was like, I am never going back to that. I'm right. so much more certain of what I want. And basically the, what you end up coming back to is that you want that, that girl or that guy who shows you respect. And, Absolutely. You know, that it's just, like I said, it's just, you know, being respectful as a human being. I, I love that. I, with my little boys, when, um, and like I said, I keep those classes 
boys and girls together. Mm -hmm. But even five-year-olds, the lesson begins at the bottom of my driveway. I live on a hill. And it begins at the bottom of the driveway before we even go up the driveway. And I always let them run all the way up that big, long driveway Mm -hmm. to get to the top to hopefully get a little of their sillies out before we get inside. But at the bottom, I say one of the ways that gentlemen can show respect to ladies is when we get to the bottom of those white steps going up to my house, I want you to stop. And gentlemen, always let a lady go first. And so we, it's always cute how each of the classes does it a little differently. And I'm usually in boots or not heels, but Mm -hmm. I'm not running up the driveway with them. And so I'm a little further behind, but when we get to the top and I sort of turn the corner towards my staircase, those little boys are lined up on either side and they take their hand and they say, ladies first or (laughs) after you or something like that. Yes. And you know, and it's funny having daughters, like, again, I think there is something in us that likes that. And two things that you've brought to mind was one of mine when they were in elementary school at MBE, they had this thing where like for one semester, the boys have the top top lockers. And then for the next semester, the girls get the top lockers. Oh, cute. And I remember one of, um, when the girls would sometimes talk about, this guy's sweet, this one's not, Uh you know, they would talk about, yeah, most of the boys are just letting the books fall on our head because (laughs) they're getting their books out first, you know, and they're falling on our head while we're trying to get our books, books out of the bottom locker. But I remember them always pointing to this one boy who's been raised with really great manners that he would always just stand back and let it sounds silly, but let the girls get their things from the bottom lockers first. And mm-hmm. then once they were finished, he would go to the top locker. But it's crazy to me how these girls, they would pick up on so many little things like that of boys. And and even one of my girls in college, they went to church recently um, with a guy friend. It was a friend of a friend. And he went to church with these three girls. And, you know, one thing that, that she noticed that impressed her was, which I thought this was cute, that when they did the plate, the offering, that um, he gave each one of the girls a dollar bill to put in there. <laughs> I love it. And I was like, that's so sweet. I mean, some people might not like that, but a lot of girls, I mean, to me, I just think, I'm like, that just shows he's going to be a great husband one day. He's going to be yes. a great father one day. He's taking care of the girls that he's with. It's not that you don't have money and then you can't put your own money in the plate. Exactly. It's just that little thoughtful gesture. Yes. That it shows somebody's character. And that is, you know, I think that when you do these things, you're going to attract people mm-hmm. who do those things too, who like it. And so it'll it'll kind of be a filter. Of- the way you said that thoughtful gesture, um, you know, I, like I said, I think that if we can align our lives with scripture and align our actions with scripture, it's always a win. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're when we're aligning our lives and our actions with scripture, that is etiquette. That's thoughtful gestures. Mm-hmm. That's thinking about other people first or is better than ourselves. Like the little boy who stood back and let the girls get their books out of their locker first. Mm-hmm. He's thinking of someone else before he's thinking of himself. Um, a second grade way to say that is... I let somebody else get the cookie cake at the birthday party before I did. Or I let somebody else get in front of me in the lunch line. Um, being helpful, being gracious, being encouraging, doing unto others as you would want them to do for you. Um, one of the ways I say that to kids is painting a picture of, you know, a bunch of you are walking into a football stadium and your shoelace is untied and you stop down to tie your shoelace, if somebody stops and waits with you, 
Right. That's kindness. Yes. And that's, that's a good friend. But those are the kind of people, the kind-hearted, thoughtful people mm-hmm. are the people that we're going to remember and think of as something they did made me feel good. I can't tell you what it is. I can't put my finger on exactly. But when that becomes um, the way that we act, I think that's a win. Yes. And parents are... we. We model those things, yes. and kids pick up on those things. They pick up on, um, I had one little boy in the five-year-old class, and it just sounded just like um, a parent. But when he let all of the little girls go ahead, he looked at the rest of the boys. He goes, okay, up we go. <laughs> I mean, they just parrot what they hear their parents say. Right. And... um and so parents, be encouraged that those little things that you're saying yes. um, are being repeated because your kids are watching you. And um, and it's just, it's a great way for parents to know even the little things I do are going to be the good things. Um, and give yourself some grace too. I, I have to give myself grace all the time. <laughs> the little things and sometimes the mistakes. And if we can take the mistakes that we make mm-hmm. and use them as opportunities for our children to then see humility or a way to apologize or, you know what, I really wasn't my best self this morning before I dropped you off at school. I'm so sorry. Will you please forgive me? If we can um, use those opportunities, then our children are learning how to ask for forgiveness um, yeah. and all of these these other things that we need that just are life skills to build strong students. Yes, I, I agree a hundred percent. And you know, one thing I want to I want to touch on too before we we wrap up mm-hmm. because I know we could go for hours. We here. could. I mean, <laughs> we could we'll do a whole other session. We could do just girls or just boys, but um, it's just the words that we use. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how words can speak life or bring death. And this is a place where we all make a lot of mistakes because we all speak a lot, you know, and, and we live in an age where we're very unfiltered. But um, you're talking about things that you would do in your classroom. One thing that I loved that I, I helped my kids as I was trying to teach a social filter mm-hmm. is uh, one time, I think it was in second grade, we went to one of those parents come and see our morning meeting. And the teacher was playing this think it or say it game. And she was reading a book that went with it. And, you know, she's like, think this thought or say it out loud. Like, your breath smells bad or whatever, you know. I like your shirt. Think it or say it. And so I had one daughter in particular. Like, some kids, like I say, they come out of the womb. They just know those social graces. They just kind of know what to say or not say. And then some need more guidance than Mm -hmm. that. And so I thought that was a great little trick is, like, think it or say it. And I always tell moms, I'm like, you know, I think that sometimes when your kids are little, you feel like you're failing because you're not sitting and teaching them an etiquette class for an hour every day or reading Bible studies every day. But, you know, our superpower is that we're just usually the ones with our kids. And it's when you're driving in the car or you're Mm -hmm. getting gas, you're going to the grocery store, that it's just this little drip by drip method, you know, like just a little seed that you're planting. And so that's something, you know, if we were having, if we were going to somebody's house and I was, you know, I knew that they didn't know the kids very well, Mm -hmm. that we might play the think it or say it game. Like, hey, kids, just a reminder of like just using that social filter. Yes. And I think that's so important, especially in the work that I'm doing. I mean, I have a friend and she, she lives in the South and she's leading a Bible study right now with these high school girls. And she was trying to talk to them about using kind words and they were so confused. They're like, nobody talks like that. That just Mm -hmm. sounds weird. 
And we live in an age where it does sound weird because, you know, usually people want to be funny or sarcastic, but that can quickly go wrong and be hurtful. Yes. And so let's just talk a minute about choosing words wisely, using kind words, and what it looks like to have that Absolutely, filter. because that is so important. And again, the Bible has a lot to say about using our filter. And mm-hmm. I love that. I actually... I begin my, I have an entire conversation skills class for first through third grade girls called The Art of Conversation, and I have an entire lesson about the social filter mm-hmm. and about our word filter. And the reason I was able to build a strong lesson about that is because I have not used my filter <laughs> tons of times in my life. But I, I begin by telling the children a story about when I was eight years old, and I was um, my mom, we were on a trip, and my mom was saying, well, I was saying things like, again, it was the 80s, and so we drew the imaginary line down the back seat, and it was just always a bench seat in the back seat, and I had one brother who was three years younger, and I would say things like, get your feet back on your side, or you can't use my marker, I'm the one who brought the markers for the trip, we were going to see my grandmother eight hours away. And um, your feet sink, put your shoes back on. And my mom <laughs> turned around. She said, you know what? I, it, we called them prickly words. And there are two kinds of words you can use, prickly words or smooth words. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm kind of tired of hearing all of your prickly words. I don't want to hear anything else for a while. So I'm going to ask you to look out the window, and whatever it was. And I remember I was getting hungry and I asked my daddy, when we get there, is it okay if, can we go eat pizza tonight at that place you would go when you were a little boy? And he said, well, we'll see. And I pause the conversation for a minute with the students and say, and you know what we'll see means, correct? Mm -hmm. Like we'll see doesn't mean yes. And then we have our entire discussion over what we'll see means when our parents say that. Um, But when we got to my grandmother's house, um, I got out of the car and she said, now you go put your bag wherever you'd like and then come back out here so we can talk. And so I told the children again, you know, I was in sort of a selfish period in my life and I thought what I needed was what I needed right then. And so I ran back and I said, can we go eat pizza now? And my grandmother said, oh, well, there's no reason for us to go eat pizza because I've just made a wonderful meatloaf. And immediately I say, my eight-year-old mouth says, oh, I hate meatloaf. And immediately my mother knelt down on my level and said, may I see you for a minute, please? (laughs) And so we went in another room, and my grandmother had a kitchen strainer. In Mm -hmm. fact, you'll know why at the end of this story, why my mother, my grandmother passed away. And one Christmas, my mom wrapped up this filter Uh -uh. and gave it to me, this little strainer. Uh -uh. And it's a small handheld kitchen strainer. And I pull it out for the children when I'm telling this story. It is Mm -hmm. wooden handled, split down the wooden handle. And so it's so, but it's so precious to me Mm -hmm. for this very reason. And my mom's pulled it off the wall. My grandmother would make orange juice for me every morning when I stayed there. And she would squeeze, fresh squeezed, uh, squeeze the oranges through this filter into a glass mayonnaise jar that was cleaned out and the good juice would come through and the seeds and the pulp got stuck in the filter Mm -hmm. and then she'd tap that out in the trash can and so my mom picks that up and she said you know Amy I've been listening to you speak lately I've been listening kind of to your sassy tone of voice that you use with daddy and me Mm -hmm. I listened to kind of just the prickly unkind things you said to your brother in the car I've listened to the bossy way you talked to Stephanie Mm -hmm. and when I tell this story I mean I'm 
I'm being honest with the children. That's mm-hmm. us. That's our flesh. That's, right. That's what we are every day. And that was eight-year-old Amy, but it can also be 50-year-old Amy mm-hmm. any day of the week. Um, and then she took that little handheld kitchen strainer and she said, I want, oh, and I listened to the rude thing you just said to grandmother. Mm-hmm. I want you to pretend like you have one of these and that you put it right here. And she placed that over her mouth. Oh, And I, like that. I look at all the children and the light bulb goes off in That's every head. Good. And I say, what do you think my mom meant by that? And they say that you learn to keep the prickly things inside, which is your teacher's, oh. your child's teacher's way of saying the think it, say it game. Yes. You learn to keep the prickly things inside and you only let the good words come out like the orange juice did into the jar. And it's right. exactly right. Yes. And so I give every child when they have that lesson, they go home with a handheld little kitchen strainer from the Dollar Tree. And I give everyone one of those to leave and so good and I think they all takes a tiny dose of humility Mm -hmm. because I think they all get in their car and say Miss Amy looked at her grandmother and said I hate meatloaf (laughs) but it was such a good learning experience for me so I do that's on a tiny level but the power of our words I think that God says so much about the power of affirmation Mm -hmm. and using affirming words and what that can look like one more thing I know we're wrapping up but heading into the holidays in your 5, 20, 30-minute drive to your destination, mm-hmm. use that time to help your children or tweens or even teens. Here are the people who are going to be there. Yes. Um, reminding them, you know, whoever the hostess is, whether it's your grandmother or whether it's a friend, mm-hmm. the hostess has spent some time getting ready for you. They have cleaned their house. They've probably put out flowers We're going to see different Christmas decorations at different homes wherever we go. Think about compliments Mm -hmm. that we can give, but meaningful compliments, not, oh, your Christmas tree is so lovely. Right. Something meaningful. One of my favorite things is this little elf that's on your tree. Or thinking of kind things that we can say. Mm -hmm. Or before we leave, remember, I want you to say thank you without me reminding you. I want you to go up to whoever the host or hostess is and tell them thank you for tonight. Thank you for our dinner. Maybe even my favorite thing tonight was when we, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And if you will prepare your child on the front end, you have an opportunity then when we get back in the car to drive home, hey, did anybody remember to go up to the host or hostess and say thank you before we left? That type of thing. Yeah. Um, so those are some ways that you as parents can can give your child that safe environment that we were talking about. A safe environment to yes. practice this and a safe environment to fail. They might get in the car and say, oh, shoot, I forgot. I didn't do that. That's okay. Let's try it again next time. Right. But um, we're helping our children um, become these young people that then will become adults that will do these things just out of habit. But we've got to give them opportunities to practice these things too. And I think the best way to practice those things is to have conversations about around these. You know, one of the things I'm trying to do when we go, I remember my mom, she would think that out loud to us instead of saying, Mm -hmm. here are the things I need you to do. Say thank you. Think of something that looks pretty and compliment the person. 
my mom would make it more about herself. Right. And she would say, you know, one of the things I really want to try to do when we go to the barber's house tonight is to find one thing on my plate that I'm really enjoying and say thank you to Karen whilst I'm eating it. For yeah. instance, um, you know, Karen, I really like the way you made this broccoli salad. This is different than anything I've ever had. Um, and so my mom wasn't giving us a list of do's or don'ts. My mom was doing sort of a think aloud, mm -hmm. and she modeled the good behavior. And then I was able to watch her do that. Right. So um, that's just sort of something that parents might want to try during this holiday season. Yeah, oh, I think you nailed it. And I've, I've, I found that it goes down so much better when I've done that with my girls. You yes, know, like absolutely. Make it about like you're thinking out loud. Or, you know what? One time I, if you've noticed, they were rude to a friend or something. Mm -hmm. Like I did this to a friend. I really regretted it and kind of start the conversation that way. Yes. And, you know, something else that I love that your mom did, and it's hard for us moms sometimes because you got – several kids you're wrangling and you're like, I don't have time. You know, we can get so impatient, which is why patience is so important, but mm -hmm. we can get so impatient with the child who's acting out or who just told grandma, I don't like meatloaf. Exactly. You know, <laughs> like sometimes we just like shame them in front of everybody. Yes. You know, and it might be in front of grandmother. It might be they did it in front of their friends and you're just mm -hmm. like shaming them. And a lot of times that does not go well because right. they're just embarrassed and they're mad and they're putting up a wall. Absolutely. But I loved how your mom removed you from that situation, mm -hmm. you know, and just like Jesus did, you know, he yes. would, she would just have that, make it a private conversation. And she mm -hmm. took the five minutes that it took instead of making this a 30 second conversation, mm -hmm. which is the temptation to just rashly correct you and scold you and get on with it, which probably wouldn't lead to much of a lesson. Right. She took five minutes to just teach you something, mm -hmm. use it as a teachable moment to help you do better. But you, you yes. still remember it all these years later. Yes. And I share it and. Every child in Mountain Brook who's been to my class has a handheld kitchen strainer to That's show right. for it. And, you know, and just, you know, from the big picture perspective, it just goes to show how God uses it all. You mm -hmm. know, even our mistakes. He's redeemed yes. that mistake from your eight-year-old self and, and I think used that, it for good. And that's how we need to remember that as moms. Even absolutely. when our kids mess up, it's not the end of the story. God can still use it for good in their story, you know, you never, I, as a writer, I call it material. I'm like, it's mm -hmm. all material, good or bad. Oh, I've got lots of material. Lots of material. <laughs> yes. But yeah. I do, I think that parents sometimes, especially at the holidays, especially when everybody is just dressed up just right and yes. is supposed to be on their best behavior with their best manners, um, when you've got that child who does something that embarrasses you, always be encouraged that God can, just like you said, he can redeem that. And, yes. um, and so for something that could have embarrassed my mom in front of her mother-in-law, it was my dad's mother. Mm -hmm. Um, could it, and I was eight, so easily could have embarrassed my mom in front of her mother, my, you know, her mother-in-law and it probably did, mm -hmm. but, um, God really has used that. Yeah. And so parents, Give yourself some grace and don't be so hard on yourself yes. or on your kids. And just know we're all in this learning environment together. And and your children will do it well one day <laughs> and they'll have a difficult time the next. Yes. But um, again, if the bottom line for what we're teaching as far as etiquette and proper behavior is um, just built on that foundation of scripture, mm -hmm. then we 
it's it's a win when you're teaching it that way. Yes, making it a teachable moment. And I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up with a story. You just mm-hmm. brought this to mind too. And I was like, it goes it goes with this episode coming out right before Christmas. But and I think moms of young kids might relate to this. But years ago, my kids were young at our church. They have you know the baby Jesus and the nativity, mm-hmm. and they don't put baby Jesus in the nativity until Christmas Eve, until that mass. And so we, one year we were asked to, to hold baby Jesus, to keep baby Jesus in our home for that week before Christmas Eve. Oh. And so, I, and I was thinking, oh, he picked the wrong family. You know? <laughs> <laughs> My kids were little and, you know, ten, tended to drop things or whatever. So I was like, girls, you know, do not mess with baby Jesus. Right. Like, leave him <laughs> Here, that was my worst nightmare, something happening to him. So anyway, all was good, and then we're getting ready for Christmas Eve, and I didn't even know it because I was getting dressed, but Marie Claire, I don't know how old she was, maybe second or third grade, she was carrying baby Jesus around in the purple little swaddle, and he fell out of her arms and broke. And, I mean, it was mass. We we had, like, 30 minutes, and the mass was about to start. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I was so mad. (laughs) I mean, we're driving to mass. I'm just, like, trying not to cuss. I was like, only our family. Like, can we not be normal, you know, for one thing? Because I was was so flattered that they'd even asked us to do that. And so I feel myself just getting so upset and just, like, trying to contain my filter Mm -hmm. from what I wanted to say. But anyway, so Should have swung by my house. I could have given you my filter. I know. (laughs) I needed, I needed it that night. And it was such a lesson for me because we get to the church and you know, Christmas Eve, it's like the most packed night of the, oh, absolutely. the whole year, you know, and it was packed. And so we get there and the two priests, it was Father John and Father Bob, they're waiting for us with baby Jesus. And they're like, you know, motioning me over, like, come here. And I'm like, oh God, please give me the words. And so the family's over here. So I go in there. I was like, okay, we're here. I was like, we have baby Jesus, but he's in three pieces right now. And I am so sorry. And we will pay to him repaired or fixed or replaced like anything. I'm just so sorry. And I'm trying not to cry. And there, and then Father Bob was like, um, which one, which one of your girls? I was like, it's Marie Claire. And um, he's like, okay. So he goes over there and her face when she saw him was like, she looked like, like, you know, shaking. And then she like dropped her head in shame, you know, Uh like it was kind of funny. It's funny looking (laughs) back, but she was so scared. And he like bends down to her level and he's like, sweetheart, it is okay you know, we have had people over the years break donkeys, break, you know, you know, Joseph, break the angels. And we have a man who can repair these things. So I don't want you to worry about it. Sweet. And I was just about to cry. And just the correlation with it being Christmas Eve and the birth of Jesus and just the grace. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he just used that situation to model grace to her. I and love so it. I think that's just something good for parents to keep in mind that, you know, your child might drop baby Jesus in some way <laughs> during yes. the holidays. <laughs> they might say something, the wrong thing to grandma or to their cousin or whatever, but just, you know, keeping grace in the conversation and knowing yes. that we all need it. Oh, I love that. That's a great story. Great story to end on. Okay. Well, Amy, thank you so much. We'll have to do this again because I know I we have about five other directions we can Ex- go Exactly. <laughs> but this was so fun. I know this is going to be so helpful and such a blessing to the moms that listen. Well, I'm glad to be a part. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for coming. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm so grateful to have you here. And if you enjoyed the show, Please follow the Girl Mom Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen and leave a ratings or review so others can find these messages too. Also, my new book for moms called More Than a Mom, How Prioritizing Your Wellness Helps You and Your Family Thrive is now available everywhere books are sold. 
This book is for girl moms and boy moms and full of encouragement no matter what season of parenting you're in. Find the link to this book and my other books in the show notes. Thanks again for your support and have a great day.